everyone, and welcome to Real Window, rewatching random movies from our childhood. I am Polly. And I'm Lisa. And together we are sisters who <laughs> rewatch random movies from our childhood. Uh, Lisa picked the movie this week. Uh, for those who maybe didn't listen to the trivia episode last week, uh, maybe you want to go back and listen. It's super fun. We're hilarious, as always. Um, <laughs> but today we'll be discussing the movie flight of the navigator which lisa lisa which lisa, lisa have you been drinking lisa <laughs> no not at all okay. which lisa will uh summarize and explain uh momentarily uh one caveat that i would like to clarify is that we uh definitely spoil the movies so if you haven't seen said movie uh this is like your own warning that you should stop listening now if you care lisa <laughs> Explain Flight of the Navigator, if you dare. If I dare. So The Flight of the Navigator is a 1986 sci-fi family film that was distributed by Disney. Uh, the basic premise is uh, 12-year-old David, who's a pretty ordinary American kid, uh, on the 4th of July, uh, ends up accidentally sliding down a ravine in the backyard of his house, like this hill, uh, at night, and he, you know, knocks himself out, wakes up, climbs back up, only to discover that he has apparently been missing for eight years, despite the fact that he has not aged. He has no memory of where he has been other than the ravine. And all of his like parents, his parents are older, his younger brother is now eight years older, and at the same time that they are discovering this, that the police are taking him home and realizing he is an odd missing person, um, NASA discovers a silver spaceship that has um, landed nearby in the same state in Florida near Fort Lauderdale. And they want to figure out what it is, how it got there and realize that David and the spaceship are somehow connected. His disappearance and the ship's reappearance somehow mean something. And so NASA basically takes this kid to sort of learn from, to try and figure out what's happening while David is trying to figure out and piece together what has happened to. And along the way, he gets inside the spaceship, meets the AI Max, and uh, tries to discover what has happened to him. Yes. Yeah, that yes. is that is okay. the navigator. And um, so for anyone who didn't listen to the trivia sode, I chose this movie because not only is it one that we did watch when we were kids, Billy and I watched when we were kids, we owned it as a family, we had a VHS copy, but I actually, for once, didn't really have a lot of memories of this movie. I could remember like three things and I remembered the cover, but I actually didn't remember much and that's unusual for me. So I thought that was intriguing. And Pauline, you didn't remember much of this movie when I brought it up in the trivia sode, correct? Correct. Yes. So for once, both of us went into this movie pretty blind uh, as to whether we'd enjoy it, how much we remembered. Like, I didn't even have a proper quote for this one. So this has been sort of an unusual viewing, um, I will say. I went in, I went in with low expectations. Mm. And I feel like the reason why is because if there's a movie that neither you nor totally. I remember... There has to be a reason why we don't remember it, why we didn't rewatch it enough times to for it to like stick in our brains. So I was anticipating like low expectations, very low bar. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. So anyway, so let's talk. Yeah. Lisa, uh, 
accurate takeaways? Did you have takeaways as a kid? Were they accurate? Were they super inaccurate? Did you have any takeaways? <laughs> what? Tell me your tell me your feelings. So so going into the movie, there were only like a handful of things that I could remember. I remembered what the spaceship looked like. It was very distinct. It's silver. It's chrome. It has sort of like a bullet shape sometimes. It's wavy lines on it. It's kind of unique. So that I remembered going in. I remembered. Cool. The robot Ralph, I did not remember its name, but I remembered it in my brain. Mm. And it's this sort of robot that exists in NASA and basically is supposed to deliver mail, but also is followed around by a 21-year-old just Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, but I, I remembered vaguely the girl and I remembered the robot and it had something to do with Coke because she has a line about Coca-Cola and the, the changes. And I remembered what David looked like and then he was sort of in the spaceship and that sort of thing. And I remembered him falling down the ravine like that's pretty much it that's what I remember to this movie going in so it was funny because as I was watching it there would be flashes of oh I remember this oh I know what's going to happen like the very beginning the credits open and you see this silver disc and this very sort of mysterious music sci-fi mysterious Mm. music is playing and I saw the silver disc and my first thought was "Uh oh the special effects are going to be pretty bad my second thought was wait it's a frisbee this is a dog Mm. competition. I'm going to see a dog catch this Frisbee. And it suddenly just popped crystal clearly in my head. And that's kind of what kept happening through the movie. I'd have these moments of, oh, wait, yes. Oh, wait, this. What I do as I was watching it, though, I think one of the things is the opening. I was impressed in the first 30 minutes. It's a very solid mystery. This kid suddenly waking up and it's all from David's perspective. So you as an audience are following David. So when he falls down the ravine, you're like, oh, no. And then when he gets up and he gets to his house and this house that you have just seen with him, where his parents are, where his brother, younger, annoying younger brother is, the front door looks the same. You see him going in. And so when he, a stranger opens the door and he's shocked, you're shocked as the audience, too. I mean, I kind of was remembering the plot as I went, but I was just like, oh, that's clever like you follow him to he's taken to a police station the police officer you know finds a missing persons report but the other police officer's like well look at the date it's 1978 and that he looks the same and they don't know what to do with him like there's a solid mystery buildup with you know this intense music and when the spaceship is found it's nasa and it's creepy and weird and wondrous and i was honestly sitting there going like this is a great start but what i also remembered as a kid from lisa's perspective was this scared me The Mm. opening disturbed me that this kid woke up and he went to his house and his parents aren't there. It's strangers like that. As a kid, I was like, oh, my God. Okay, that's I also have to jump in here because (laughs) I had a very similar epiphany. I remember and I have a I think I know why it didn't land with us. Mm. And this is just a total theory. But the idea of being 12 and being missing for eight years. And then you go home and like, no one's the same. Your little brother's older than you. Like, you don't know what's happening. Totally. It's the the fear. And so as a child watching this movie, I think it's too scary. It was too, like, I think it was too real. It's too, yeah, it's too, that's too much of your life. Mm -hmm. Eight years when you're 12 years old is so much time it's so much so time to it's so much it, time it's like i don't think as a kid i could really comprehend like i was like i don't like this no. i don't like anything my, about this idea my issue is the I parents when he no. sees his mom and dad for the first time and they're, dad, older, they're older and the mom oh, has a different man. haircut and the dad looks different and he's genuinely upset to see them 
looking older. And as a kid, I was like, that is scary. Like that totally. concept of not of it being your family, but not your family. Oh, that was intense. That was super intense. So I'm with you like that. I was like, oh man. And like, even when, when he is, so the whole reason he ends up falling down the ravine is I love the seventies. His mom basically is like, go get your younger brother. He's oh playing God. with the neighbors yes. cross the forest at night. The backyard is a forest. <laughs> and it's like, I don't yep. feel comfortable with your little brother walking from the neighbors go meet him he's 12 i love though that his brother was like he's eight mom he's fine exactly. like he was kind of he was whining like, about it like, i was like oh mom. my god in the like, 70s 70s and so he's definitely in the woods with definitely. his dog at least but he's in the woods at night in this very lush bit of forest and his brother is a little jerk because his brother does hide on him and make weird noises. So then David's looking around and then Jeff just suddenly pops out and makes like this really, you know, over the top scary face and it does startle him. And then Jeff races off. And I remember as a kid being like, I don't like Jeff. <laughs> it's like Jeff's a jerk. <laughs> because that was, I was, I'm like, we grew up in the woods. I'm like, you don't walk in the woods at night. I know this. Why yeah. is he, why are his parents letting him? Like, it just confused me. And then when he fell down the ravine, I was like, oh man, that could happen. And then he wakes up and it's a different time. Like this whole scenario freaked me out. It was like and then too real. It was too it was real. Too I was like, real. Could this happen if I go out in the woods and I fall down and I'm going to come back and everyone's going to be older? Like, no thanks. And what didn't help too is when he is. So it also, I realized I also really, really, as soon as the, um, the doctor from NASA came on screen, he was introduced. He sees the spaceship. He's brought in kind of thing. Even before he does anything, I saw him come on screen and I was like, I don't like him. And I, as an adult, I'm like, oh, I don't like him. And I'm like, why don't I like him? I don't remember this movie, but I had a very strong reaction of not this guy. <laughs> like, of, mm. like, this guy is awful. And then as it progressed, I'm like, oh, I remember why. It's because he wants to study David, study his mind, find out how he's connected to this spaceship, which makes sense. But in doing so, he ignores David. He and his buddies, like when David is hooked up to the machine and has had lights, like, and like the alien uh, AI is is speaking so like they ask david a question and he's like i don't know but on the computer screen behind him is the answer from the ai and it is yeah it's pretty crazy and, and again because you don't know no you don't but you know. don't know how this all happened so again it's really good because you're like yeah. how is this happening how is what this connected is, what what is going who on? are they talking to watching? totally like yes. who are they talking to what's happening how is there you know, space charts in this boy's head. How is there this design of a spaceship? So as an adult watching it, I'm like, this mystery is so solid. As a kid watching it, I hated that doctor because David was scared. David's hooked up to this machine. He's asking them questions and he's ignoring him. He's so focused yeah. on the computer screen. Anything David does doesn't matter. He doesn't listen. They lock David in his special room at night so he can't leave. So whenever they leave the room, the door's locked behind him. He's in like this sort of, strange fantastical facility but not um it's almost it's, i think it confused me as a kid i genuinely didn't know what time this movie was set in as a child because the right. 70s i'm like okay fine and then it was eight years but at the same time we were watching it it wasn't the 80s anymore but it was almost like how the 80s pictured technology would be right so the robot right. ralph that goes between the buildings and the the doors that slide as if they're like a star trek spaceship door right they just they don't have handles. Yeah. They just open and shut the same way that and then Star it's Trek like was. the question is like in the eighties did did filmmakers think NASA already totally. looked like that or was this because, just like fantastical? I don't because know. Because what's weird is that it's like it 
it's from 1986. Totally. Based in 1986 when he wakes. So it's like, it's present day when he wakes up. So that's why when the things are, the robots and the technology, and you're like, wait, what? Where are we? What do they think (laughs) is happening simultaneous to while they're making the movie it was very confusing as a kid i would agree and then with the timeline the timeline made no sense i was like is this in the future is this in the past like where is this and then it didn't help there's this the the like whole thing and i it's one of the few lines i kind of remember but i couldn't remember how it went but when sarah jessica parker first meets david she actually doesn't know why he's there she just knows he's being kept in this sort of very secure facility and it's only as she talks to him that she realizes he has no concept of pre- like he doesn't know what MTV is. He doesn't know like he's asking her questions about like television programs. Why he can't like Starsky why and I can't, can't watch Starsky and Hutt. And she's like, well, that was canceled like ages ago. And he's like, but that was my favorite show. Like, and so in talking to him, she realizes and she kind of does. He asks her if, you know, can he still get a Coke? And she starts listing different types of Coke because, of course, in the 80s, they had so many. And as a kid, I was like, well, we don't have those. So is this right? future like, like future? you get a lot of different types of coke in the what future? is new coke i don't know <laughs> what is happening so watching it was really interesting because i had a lot of memories of emotions of how as a kid i was confused how as a kid i was un- upset i i wanted david to be treated better i really didn't like the nasa guys i didn't like any of them aside from sarah jessica parker's character who's sweet i felt so bad i just wanted david to get back home and he wasn't. Mm. And when, when the doctor says that he's going to have to keep David longer, even as a kid, I got that. And I was like, I don't like him. He lied to everyone. And he's going to keep David there. And that's not fair. And I was genuinely horrified. Like, so it was quite a distressing opening for me as a kid and a very intriguing opening for me as an adult. So it was very interesting oh, watching interesting. it. Because on the one hand, I could hear my childhood brain freaking out and being like, I don't like this at all. And on the other hand, I had the adult brain going, this is a really cool setup for a mystery. Like, I was like, okay. So the opening was interesting, the first 30 minutes. And then when he got on the spaceship, <laughs> that's when mm. as an adult, I went, oh, no. <laughs> as a kid, I went, oh, I remember this part. <laughs> It's right. like it flipped. It's like the opening was too intense for me as a kid, but the part where he's on the spaceship talking to Max, the AI, you know, it was sillier. It was, you know, meant he's he's a nice, it's a nice AI. <laughs> you know, they, they bond. And as a kid, I, I liked those bits. As an adult, I'm like, oh, this is slowing right down. <laughs> well, it's slowing down and it became really silly. It became they, very they... silly. Yeah. So it was, it wasn't even, to me, it wasn't even the pace. It was as soon as he goes on the spaceship and there's the AI, like it slows because, because mm-hmm. silly things happen. Like he's like, get us 20 miles away from here. And so then the AI takes him 20 miles out of earth's atmosphere. And he's like, I didn't mean straight up. And it's funny. He's like, you wanted 20 miles away. Totally. Like, I meant like 20 miles and so there's confusion mm-hmm, and trying mm-hmm. to figure it out right and so like that's fine i actually feel like that part oh that fine. part is fine yeah it's when it's when they do the it's not called the mind meld but i can't think of what it's <laughs> called but it's when it's when the ai is like okay i need to get what's in your brain yes. back into my spaceship because i need to navigate get yeah these i need to navigate home all these other creatures and he becomes sillier and becomes no longer robotic but more human mm-hmm. and kind of like yeah. teasing little brother e and it 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 changes the so, whole movie yeah it was so stupid i was like it's too bad 
Because to be honest, the first part of this movie, I think, was really good. That's what I, I thought. I was I, like, this is so much it's better. It's so interesting. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I was like, I, I was unexpected. I, you don't know what's happening. Like, I, I did not have those moments. Like, I didn't remember that it was a Frisbee game at the beginning of the movie. Like, the, mm. the epiphanies you were having, like, as the movie was going along, I didn't have. And it was funny because I had a few moments but I was like, is that just because Lisa talked about it in the trivia sode? And I like I was like, oh, it would be interesting to have watched this movie without a trivia sode. Cause yeah. I I couldn't discern what I was expecting. Was was it because of Lisa bringing it up mm. earlier, or was it because childhood Pauline remembered it? And so I didn't remember very much. But as an adult watching it, mm. until the AI became silly. Mm-hmm. It was a really good movie. Totally. And I completely agree. And then... Yeah. And then it becomes... Because the idea is... So for anyone who hasn't seen it, which I'm assuming is everyone listening for the most part, uh, the whole reason the spaceship is sort of stranded and it's wanting David to find it. Like, it's trying to communicate with David. It needs David back. And it's because it accidentally down... Like, to just test stuff, because they, they say in the movie that humans only use 10% of their brain, which we now know is a myth. But at the time, right, was an idea that he and the, his bosses from Phalon planet, wherever, the Phalon system, basically downloaded star charts to see what would happen into David's brain because there was space, basically. And then when he, cra- he crashes on Earth, his, his spaceship crashes, and he loses his star charts, so he can't go back. He's sort of like on a scientific mission to examine life but then take that life back to exactly where he he took them from in time too and so he needs all that information from david and so they as pauline said they do this mind meld and he gets all that information but by accident acquires human emotions and feelings of like a 12 year old boy kind of thing is the idea so it's like two 12 year old boys but what i also think is really what they set up quite nicely is they kind of answer all the questions they kind of explain like Oh, well, normally we take people or the creatures that we find back in time to the exact moment when we pick them up. Uh, But humans are too fragile. Mm -hmm. Your body couldn't handle time travel. It was too risky. So we didn't do it. And so I thought they Mm -hmm. did a really good job of explaining why. Like the idea of even filling his head with space charts and then needing them back, I was like, okay, yeah. like it's kind of a, it's kind of a silly reason, but I buy it. And so, it's complicated, but but good mm-hmm. and simple enough that a kid can kind of comprehend. Well, get it, the I think. basics and have parents explain if they yeah. need to, kind of thing. Yeah. But you don't, and that's I get why that's that's why Max is there. But I wonder if it would have just been a better movie had they had they been able to target it almost to like an older demographic Mm. like i just think i just think 12 is too young to try to comprehend everything that poor david actually went through totally like as a kid watching it happen it's like oh no that's my worst (laughs) my parents my parents aren't living in the house that i live in right now (laughs) like as a kid you can't even comprehend the idea that you go home and it is not only not your home anymore, but it's te- eight years in the future. Like, it, that's too scary. It's just too fucking scary. Well, and it's so. And even thinking of the silly factor, even if they had decided to, to go with this for a little bit, maybe even older kids, right? Because we were little when we saw this. So, like, JM, our sister, loves this movie. 
when I told her this was when we were rewatching and I was I didn't remember it and I was curious if it held up. She's like, oh, I've, I watched it recently. It totally holds up because she has a lot of nostalgia <laughs> for it. And she loved it as a kid. So I think we were too little, but I don't think it was it's wrong for older kids. What I would say is it's mm. almost like the difference between E.T. and this movie. E.T. had silly moments, I guess. But they weren't the whole thing. It was still intelligent mm. and it still expected the older kids to understand and it respected their intelligence to get the concept of the film. And it's like this one didn't. It's almost like it, 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 it was almost like it was written by two, like it was written by three people. So it's almost like one person wrote the first 30 minutes and another person mm. took over. And it feels very disjointed because, mm. as you said, the tone shifts, the humor shifts, and the plot kind of gets a bit away from them. Like now it's suddenly like, I want to just go home. And it's all them just, all they have to do is go back to the Fort Lauderdale house where his parents are. But of course, it's no longer, his parents no longer live in his old house and he doesn't know the address for the new house. So it's like almost a good chunk of the movie is not only did they do the mind meld, but now they need to find his new house in Florida. And it's like the ship can't seem to do that for some reason. And, day, and so it's like, that takes on a bit of a chunk for some reason. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and so this very beautifully well done mystery has a very lackluster ending. It's set up totally. so great. And then the ending is such, and it's so funny because watching it as, as an adult, there were moments, again, I still had flashes, like the ending. Basically, I, I remember loving his brother when he was older. Like, I totally. love that character. Yep. As a kid, I was like, this is a great brother. At least he grows up to be a good brother. <laughs> like, he may a be good a, brother. He may he be annoying. A good brother he gets later. a good yeah. brother later. And he was very understanding and very sympathetic. And I remembered as I was watching it, I kind of, because there isn't much of a plot for the second half of them just sort of, ooh, we're flying in a spaceship and ooh, this is fun. And I'm going to teach you about music and let's go look at landscapes. And now we have to get back to Florida and now we have to find the house. Like, it's, there's not as much happening, but still a lot of time is passing in an odd way, too, in the film. And so I was sitting there, I'm like, I don't remember what happens next. And then when they were at night and he's like, I got to find the house. Where's the signal? He, he asked his brother to send off a signal so he could find the house. Um, and his brother chooses to set off fireworks. And as soon as he said, where's that signal? I went, oh, his brother's going to set off fireworks. I remember that. And then it happens. And I was like, and again, as a kid, I was like, I remember the fireworks. He's really liking the brother for being able to light those fireworks and getting him home. As an adult, I went, why what is happening why is it going mm -hmm. this way why is the plot this why it's just such an odd choice it's like they had a brilliant setup but they honestly couldn't understand how to what to do with it they just totally like they didn't know where to take it because mm -hmm. even so this is the thing is even as i was watching that part transpire right when he's like he's going home it's like well obviously all the guys from nasa know that he's yeah, going home totally and I don't know why it was so hard for the NASA guys to figure that out either. I like, I was like, guys, I think we all know he's going home because that's all he wanted to do the whole time. Yeah. And so I get it, right? Like, he's in the spaceship, whatever. But even, like, when the fireworks are getting set off, it's like, you mean to tell me that no one else is going to see these fireworks totally. and it's just you, the spaceship? And you then, expect like, NASA the not bad to guys are there. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, I just was like, it, it, it's a really good way of saying it. It's like they didn't know what to do after they had started and like i thought that the ending in the sense so spoiler alert mm. he he makes the decision to stay on the spaceship because he sees the bad guys and he sees kind of what's going on and he not bad guys but like the scientists and he sees that he's like 
this isn't my home anymore. I'm going to stay on the ship and then figure out I need and, to do time travel and take the to risk get back. Right. Like and he take the chooses risk. to take the risk. Exactly. And the, and the AI is like, it's risky. And he's like, I know, but this isn't where I belong. So I need to get back to my time. And I thought it's like, that was great. Yes. It was like the first 30 minutes. And then the last 10 are really great really even, great even when as an adult as I was watching it because I couldn't remember a lot of it I was like how does this end <laughs> like how do they solve yes. this like you know that it's going to get solved and I was like I don't remember it and so when it was happening I was like oh yeah that's a great way to end it yeah that makes sense it, and like he goes back yeah. home and he sees his parents like he gets through the door and it's as if he wasn't gone and it's brilliant and yeah it's like the it's like they didn't know what to do with this really awesome mystery that they had come up with. Totally. And which they, as I said, like they execute it so well in the first half hour or so. Like it is a well executed mystery. It is. And the ending when he, it, I remember as a kid, I had a lot of emotions because when I was watching it again, I felt them uh, when he does come out of the spaceship and he sees his parents standing there on the lawn. He sees his awesome now brother. He sees all the NASA scientists and he understands and he tells Max they're just going to put me in a lab. I, I won't actually get to be home. They're just going to study me. I don't want to do that. It's not worth it. And it's actually very sweet because when he is going in to the, like, and, he's, and Max says it's a risk and he sits back down, and he's like, I'm going to do it anyways. And Max, and he asks Max if he'll ever see him again. And Max says like, you know, I don't know. And then he says, goodbye, David. And he says, goodbye, Max. This is actually very, and again, if there had been an excellent middle where you really felt this connection between the two, I think that ending would have been even more powerful, right? It's like, mm -hmm. it would have been such a powerful moment. And it's such Absolutely. a great moment for a 12-year-old to take this agency of his own fate in his hands. He's, he's grown, he's decided, he's figured it out. That's a wonderful, amazing story arc. Just wish the middle could match it. Just wish the middle. Yeah. And I mean, there are some funny moments. There was one funny moment in the middle that as I was watching it, I was like, oh, yeah. They, because they don't know where the new house is, they need some sort of, they need a map. So they basically stop at a gas station in the middle of nowhere, Florida. And yep. David goes inside to buy a map. A part of me wondered where he got the money from, but that's cool. As a kid, I just accepted it. As an adult, I'm like, does he have money? Anyway, so he goes in and he goes to mm -hmm. buy a map and stuff. And while he's going in, the spaceship is sitting there in the gas station and the gas station attendant is staring. Like he's seen this spaceship land at his gas station and he has no words. He's just staring at it. And there are the floating steps and an open door. And this family comes up. And they're needing some other things. And they see the spaceship and the dad's getting like gas and stuff. And the two kids are like, mom, can we go climb on the spaceship? And I was like, all right, you know, but stay safe. And then they're taking pictures in front of it. And the dad's trying to engage with the gas station worker asking him about, you know, your other stuff isn't as good. Like, this is an amazing, you know, prop and, and everything. This is great. And he's trying to talk and the gas station attendant is still just staring. And so the family's taking pictures in front of the spaceship. And then David has bought his stuff, says thank you to the gas station attendant who's still staring, goes up into the spaceship. And then the spaceship takes off and the family 
suddenly realizes it was real. And I remember as a kid thinking that was very funny. And as an adult, mm. I was like, that's actually very entertaining. Um, it is. And it's very clever. And I think, it again, it could have landed really well if the middle was stronger. But it was still like a very funny scene of this family taking pictures. Because, of course, who wouldn't think it was and, a fake spaceship? Of course. Well, and it, so many gas stations all over the States are just the most random things. Like, yeah. there's one that has, like, a tiger. You know, you see the yes. signs for, like, jungle cats. <laughs> and you're like, what? In the middle <laughs> of, like, Carolina. And you're like, what's going on? So there's definitely potential. Like, there's a... The guy, his comment to him, I think he says, your Indian village isn't great, but that spaceship's amazing. And so it's like, of course, there's like a little Indian village, whatever that means in the 80s. We all know what that means. But like there's so it's like that's kind of those like roadside uh, oddities, odd money pits for kids. And so it makes perfect sense that it would be a spaceship. So totally. It's funny. It's it just is lackluster in a lot of places it's just, it movie. is and there are these great little bits and moments but overall it just kind of loses that momentum it's just silly not a whole lot happens it's more just the ai kind of learning a bit more about being a person and max learning a bit about how to fly the spaceship and i mean i get that as a kid that would be wonderful you get to suddenly fly this spaceship you're like you can go wherever of course that's appealing but again for such an amazing buildup and ending, I was like, yeah, it's okay. But it was funny what I did remember. I don't, I don't think there's anything else. I don't think there's anything I was, that as I was watching it, I remember misunderstanding or anything. I just remembered emotional ties as I was going, mm. as scenes were going. So that's, that's kind of where I went with it as I was watching. What about anything you haven't mentioned yet while you were watching it or no I really have no recollection of this it's so I is very vague like I remembered the guy's name was Max like when you in the trivia so which I like didn't. there's AI <laughs> and his name's Max and I was like oh this is Flight of the Navigator and in my head I'm like how the hell did I know that so like <laughs> that was just in the recesses of my brain somewhere totally, so like totally. I really I don't remember, uh, like, I remember him being in some sort of lab. I remember vaguely a robot. I, but I, what it was, I couldn't tell you. Mm. I definitely don't remember that it was NASA. Like, totally. I did not remember that it was NASA. Yeah. It's very vague. So I, no, I definitely didn't have any takeaways from this as a kid. Um, But as an adult watching it, I was like, I genuinely think why it didn't stick in my brain was what I had already said was Mm -hmm. that. It, the concept of a 12 year old missing for eight years and then you like uh, it's too much for my young brain to have I just was like no shut off <laughs> shut off I cannot possibly imagine that it's even remotely remotely possible that I could go home and my mm-hmm. parents aren't there mm-hmm. I would I would die so yeah it's I, too heartbreaking Pauline, it's too frightening it is. it's too much your parents yeah. are like you're they're your security blanket they just have to be there they just have to be there so the idea that they're not there I'm like no I can't do this <laughs> totally fair so no totally I fair. definitely yeah it was too much for me I was too young um but I do remember the case as well. You brought up the case. And I was like, I totally remember the case because I remember seeing the AI. You see his face. He's in his spaceship. He's flying. It's, and I vaguely actually, when I saw it happening, how his hands are, how he steers the yes. spaceship. Yeah. That, that kind of stuck in my head. Not, not that I knew it was coming, but when it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, these cool disc things under his hands. Mm-hmm. And he like moves side to side and that moves the ship. And I thought the ship 
I gotta say the the one the special effects were much better than I thought totally, they would be, totally. and two the concept with the spaceship because it doesn't have like glass, so you don't see the front or the back or whatever. But how from the inside, the idea that they can make it transparent so you can see out. I was like, oh, this is brilliant. So the whole mm. thing could be transparent when you wanted it to be. And then like when the AI needs to get the little creatures or we needs to get whatever other things, he's pushing buttons and things kind of pop up out of nowhere mm-hmm. that seem, it's very clever. Like the design of the spaceship and the concept of how it works is really interesting. I can, but again, agree. yeah. It's the rest of it that falls short. No, and I remember when he's first in the movie, when he first steps into the spaceship, it is actually a magical looking spaceship. Everything's totally. metal, everything's reflective, everything. There's silver. Silver, and there's designs everywhere, alien language is what you assume. Like yeah, you language. just yeah. are like this. And then like his chair rises up out of the the the, ba- the floor of the, the floor? spaceship. Just, and I was yeah. like, oh, that's cool. And I do, I will say, I did remember... That there was a little tiny, there were, because as, as we say, Max, you know, grabs little creatures from their home planets and stuff to study them. And he's supposed to bring them back. And so he has several of them that, as Pauline said, he pops up out of nowhere and suddenly you're seeing these creatures. And I did remember them as they were coming along, but there was like, a supposed to be like a cute one, a cute little puppet one that as, you know, David becomes attached to and he can sort of hold in his hand and stuff. And he gets to keep. And he gets to keep it. because... The little guy's planet ended up being destroyed by like a comet or something. And so the Max can't actually take him home. And so as a result, it's kind of an orphan. So David just takes so him. David I was like, just oh my God, amazing. And as a kid, I would love that. Totally. As a kid, I was yes. like, oh, yes, your own little pet cute alien. As an adult watching it, I'm like, he's not as cute as I remember him being. <laughs> and you're like, this is just a headache waiting to happen. We all know this is going to just be. It's going to stem lies upon lies. Totally. There's no and, way you can keep this a secret. And and how big does it get? What does it eat? I'm like, no, no, there's too many problems. No, <laughs> I'm not so taking funny. home an alien. How do we know we can eat carbon-based food? We don't. <laughs> we don't know this. We don't know his home planet. Max no, does. Too risky. Let Max keep him. <laughs> exactly. Max will handle this little guy. Oh, man. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So uh, with all of that being said... Uh, Lisa, were there any moments in this movie that you found uh, were offensive or didn't age well, so to speak? Yeah, there were a couple. Um, the first one was um, his little brother. They, they often trade insults to each other throughout it. Him mm. and his little brother, it's their thing. And his, he's, his little brother says something about how, uh, says that the dog's stupid or something. Their dog, because at the beginning they're watching um dogs compete in sort of this frisbee competition and david has this dog that he loves bruiser and he wants him to to learn how to catch a frisbee and you can see him attempting it and then as they're bringing in the car and he's saying that one day he's going to bring bruiser here and they'll and they'll sort of be champions and his brother's like he's too stupid he's like don't call him stupid and he's like how about retarded and i went Mm. oh no (laughs) that's not better oh, oh 80s no so that that word does get thrown out uh so not cool and for anyone that might be a trigger word or an upsetting word that that is there and it's in like the first five minutes and it's it's just tossed as and it's tossed as an insult but obviously we do not use the word retarded anymore it is extraordinarily offensive 
So that one I was like, eh, no. Uh, the other one is David goes to his room after getting home. They've driven back from the Frisbee competition. His little brother gets dropped off at like a neighbor's house on, on the way. And he goes up to his room and his brother had teased him about liking a girl. And he's like, you know, shut up, whatever. And then he gets home and he goes to his room and he has a telescope and he puts or a spyglass and he puts it right on the waterfront so he can watch the girl on a boat in her bathing suit with her friends. And I went, no, David, no, right. creepy and, David. And, and then his dad comes. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where David's not, he's not being creepy. No. However, and like the scene itself isn't creepy, No, but it is creepy what he's doing. Yes. It's a creepy thing to be doing. So it's like, it doesn't, land inappropriate initial like if you just kind of glaze over it but when you think about what david's doing you're like david well that's not you don't have her permission totally no you're doing that you're choosing to use your little spyglass or telescope to check out chicks on a boat in their bathing suits that's really not good and so it's there's a weirdness well and what makes it worse because he is 12 he he doesn't know better but then his dad comes in and his dad looks through and sees what he's been looking at and he doesn't correct the behavior he just goes ah so you do like her (laughs) he's like well i'm just looking at boats um and he doesn't he doesn't try to be like you know he does say like you know try talking to her which is great but he doesn't go you really shouldn't be watching her through it you know there are better ways you should you should like his dad does say you should try a conversation but he doesn't also correct the current behavior and go but you definitely shouldn't be doing this it's very much a oh yeah you must like her if you're looking at her through the telescope that's true yeah and so for me that was more problematic it's not so much that he's you know it's not great that he's doing it and again the show isn't showing him as a creep and he is 12 and everything else but the dad should then you know maybe have like even just a throwaway line anything but he doesn't and it's kind of dismissed and that's it um the last thing for me was and it was odd just sarah jessica parker's character who's older than him and he's 12 and everything else she he Mm. asks her to get word to he's very clever because he what's very creepy is when he's at nasa there's a two-way mirror so he sees a mirror in his room and really there's security guards behind it who can watch him as he's like, you know, at but in the he knows room. it's a two way mirror, oh, which totally is why it's it. so interesting that the mirror's even there. Like it's like you may as well just and make he the two way mirror. Guys. He he bangs on it and goes, "I watch cop shows." He's like, "I've seen TV," yeah. um, so he's very aware. But anyway, so he he goes to the side and whispers to Sarah Jessica Parker when he finds out that they're going to be keeping him longer than the promised time that the NASA agreed to have him to be studied with his parents. And he whispers to her to, you know, like, you know, please get word to my parents, let them know, like, what can you do? And she like, you know, agrees to help. And then as she's leaving, she's leaving and she kind of just stops and she's like, you know, you're kind of cute. And I'm like, she's 12. And then she kind of compliments him in a way that is very not cool for the age gap they have. And the fact that he hasn't even, hit puberty yet um and that just felt uh not good when it happened i was like well that's odd (laughs) 
like, and it no. felt unnecessary. Very like there's unnecessary. just a line that you're like, why would she say that? And it's weird. It's very it's weird. weird. It's such a weird thing to happen. And it comes out of nowhere and it disappears just as fast because they're they're friends. She's agreed to help them. It's like this sort of tense moment where they whisper, they agree, and then as she's leaving, decides to stop and turn and tell, tell him he's, he's cute. cute. Yeah. And like it's weird. It's weird. It's it's very weird. So those were the ones I clocked. Did you notice anything beyond that or after? The other so the other thing I noticed was just the fat shaming for Big Al. Right. Um, So when so Big Al is the guy who owns the gas station where they think the spaceship is like an attraction. Mm -hmm. And he's a big dude. Like he's a very large man. And the AI makes fun of him, which is even weirder. Like they land and it's like David, the boy, isn't saying anything, but Max, who now has, like, this, like, weird 12-year-old half-brain, starts, like, saying, like, oink, oink, and stuff like that, and it's like, yeah, I call this him is weird. Yeah. yeah, like, he he's hollering at him, and he's, and obviously Al is just standing there, like, and, like, he's called Big Al, like, it's Big Al's gas station or whatever it is, so, like, he's called Big Al, like, the character himself knows he's a big man, but mm-hmm. it's just weird when when the AI is making fun of his weight. Like I was like, "What? Why and, would an AI do?" And that? very That's unprompted weird. too. Like it's just out of nowhere. He just starts shouting insults yeah. at him as they're about to take off. He just it's weird. Says it. It's weird. Yep. It's so that weird. was that was the only thing other than the ones that you mentioned mm. um, that I saw. <laughs> um, so yeah. So just just odd. Just and I would say to standard like not aging well 80s behavior is kind of what i would chalk it up to none of them are like obviously super big deals but all of them are just weird it's a weird thing when you rewatch movies and you realize that it's like wow we really unnecessarily made fun of people and (laughs) kind of were dicks eh we all just, we just were all that. assholes. And there was we a all weird... just thought that this was okay, okay? Right? And there's a weird that... thing about hot girls hitting on anyone. Like, you're just yeah. like, what? Everyone should be flattered. It's weird. <laughs> anyway, all right. So that's something from the 80s. Uh, Lisa, does this movie pass the Bechdel test? Uh, no, I didn't think that no. it passed the Bechdel test at all. There are two named female characters, his mom and the Sarah Jessica Parker character. But no, there's no, like... Well, the only time they're ever talking is when she's like, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is over at their house yes. um, explaining the situation because she's told David she's going to help, but they don't actually exchange dialogue no. together. No, she's kind of just saying it to the family in general and then like... And then NASA shows up and she's got to leave. Yeah, so. and that's basically it. So there's no actual conversation between them. So no, it doesn't. It doesn't pass the Bechdel test. And for anyone who needs a reminder, the Bechdel test is passed when there are two named female characters who have a conversation with each other. That's about anything but a man. That's basically the passing of the Bechdel test. It does not pass. Lisa, no, it does not. You shall not pass. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. I love it. I love were it. There, were there any... Um, did you have any quotes? Well, aside from... So the, the, the titular quote, which this is named after, was actually one of the only ones I kind of remembered. And it's that because the AI now has a 12 year old brain and they're exchanging insults kind of thing. And at one point they're trying to ask for directions before they make it to the gas station. And they kind of pull up next to this convertible with young people in it. And they ask for directions and they peel away because, you know, it's a spaceship all of a sudden. And Max goes, David, were those geeks? And he says, yes, Max, those were geeks. And I just, I don't know why, but I remembered that line from when I was a kid. So that's why it's called Mm. that. Watching it. I can't say I really 
remembered any of the lines that are coming up, but I did, I did like, there were a couple I liked. Um, the, the one of them being is actually between David and the AI. When David finds out, the AI basically insults the inferior human brain kind of thing. And then David finds out that he needs them. And he says, so you need me and my inferior brain to fly that thing. And Max goes, correction, I need the superior information in your inferior brain to fly this thing. <laughs> and I actually liked that. I actually liked that line when I was watching it. And I was like, that's a good line. That was a good line. I like that. That's yeah. good. Did you have any? You know, I honestly, I didn't. There was yeah. nothing that was popping out for me. There was nothing that even jarred any memory. Mm. I, I had nothing to go on when I was watching this, so which was funny. Funny. The, the only other line then for me is one that I, I do talk about in the trivia show and I talk, mentioned briefly earlier, and it's about the Coca-Colas. When mm. after he's asked, like, you know, you know, where's Starsty and Hutch? And she's explaining what MTV is. And they exchange, like, he's gone to a concert. And she's oh, yeah, because he, wants a, he, he oh, wants a yeah, Big Mac. Oh, yeah, she went to go see Twisted Sister. She went to go see Twisted Sister. And he's like, I've never heard of her. And she's like, actually, it's a him. And he's kind of like, what? <laughs> and then she's like, actually, it's a them. It's and a he them. Was like... And then he's even more like. Yeah. <laughs> which is great. Which awesome. is actually really funny. But then he's like, she's like, is there anything I can bring you, like, you know, next time? And he's like, how about a Coke, a Big Mac, and some fries? Like, they're still around, I hope. And she goes, well, that depends. Do you want new Coke, classic Coke, uh, cherry Coke, diet Coke, or caffeine free Coke? And he just stares at her and goes, huh? Oh. <laughs> and, and that's the line I did remember as a kid because when she listed them, I was also like, what? 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 They have other ones. <laughs> because. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, in Canada, we only had Coke and Diet Coke. We actually never had Cherry Coke for the longest time. That was a revelation when we went to California for like a trip that you could we buy like, Cherry Coke. And we were all like, this is the Cherry Coke we've heard about. And you could get it from like the Fountain Pop at like an In-N-Out Burger. Yes. And we were like, Cherry Coke! <laughs> it was amazing. It was Nirvana. It was yes. so great. And so as a result, that's all we wanted to drink while we were there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Coke. Why would I drink regular Coke in the States when I could have cherry Coke for the first time and for like the 18th time? And, the, and every time ever after. So yeah, yeah, it was something that we always looked forward to. We we're like, we're in the States. Let's get a cherry Coke. I still have that mentality. Even though we can get oh, cherry totally. Coke now, when I'm in the States, I'm like, maybe I'll treat myself to a cherry Coke. <laughs> Honestly, As if that matters. Yes. Our, our older sister used to live in California when I'd visit her. Anytime I had the opportunity, I'd be like, well, cherry Coke it is. Obviously. <laughs> just grab it it is delicious it is really it's funny so to good. say but yeah in canada for the longest time it was it was diet coke and it was coca-cola and as we you know we didn't remember the new coke we were too, <laughs> we were too young little for, the for new that coke. one so those were our options and uh so that list made no sense to me and again confused me as to the timeline is this the future Do right is this cokes? real <laughs> what's real or fake does nasa really have these ralph, ralph robots i don't know everything totally. was confusing everything that's basically the takeaway from this movie as a child was everything was confusing or disturbing (laughs) there you go i think both of those are accurate those are accurate (laughs) takeaways for flight of the navigator i'm very curious for listeners please please message us on on you know instagram or on our twitter or send us an email if you have heard of this movie let alone seen it because i i genuinely want to know because i'm Outside of our family, I don't know if anyone's seen it. And JM is honestly the only person I know who, like, loves it. 
Yeah, I don't know. The only reason why I think some of our viewers may have seen the the (laughs) name is because after watching The Rocketeer, it comes up as the next suggested movie for me (laughs) anyway on Disney+. Plus. So it was funny because after ending The Rocketeer, the next recommended movie was The Rocketeer. Sorry, after watching Flight of the Navigator. Rocketeer yes. was suggested. That's what I noticed too. Flight of the Navigator, when it ended, it said Rocketeer, and I just started so, laughing. I was like, oh, well. So I wonder if our people who watched Rocketeer actually have not even retained Flight of the Navigator as an option because it just kind of was too quickly a flash in their brain. You know, they didn't retain it, mm. but it's in there. <laughs> just like the space charts in the oh, movie. You That's just need right. the right computer equipment software to just get that out of there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Obviously. You just need to trigger that. Okay, so with all of this being said, Lisa. Yes. And I feel like maybe this is a great time to kind of start a a, a one to ten scale here. Okay, okay. Does this movie hold up? Would you recommend it? And if you would, like what on a scale of one to ten, what would you give this movie? This is actually a really hard thing to answer because as I said, if you are someone who had nostalgia for this movie and actually genuinely loved it, you'll probably like it rewatching it because our sister did. Our sister had genu- has genuine love and nostalgia for this. This was a movie she loved as a kid. She watched it. She's rewatched it since. And she did tell me, in her opinion, it held up. So I think if you were someone who did watch it, remembered watching it and actually have like, you know, fond memories, rewatch it. You're probably still going to like it. For anyone else, though, I honestly don't know. I would say not for young children because of how Pauline and I reacted to this. It was too intense. It was too scary. But at the same time for older children, I don't know what the magic age is for liking this because it also is now dated. Um, While the special effects are better than you would expect, they're still not on par with today's special effects. So if that matters to your children, that might take them out of it. For any just a casual viewer, I honestly... I almost want you guys to watch just the start of it. Just watch the start of this movie and see what a great buildup this movie has. But then no, it doesn't go where you want it to go. It's amazing buildup. It's a letdown of a middle and it's a decent ending. And so if you know that going in and you're still interesting and you still kind of want to see this 80s sci-fi, by all means, watch it. But I don't know if I can recommend it to just anyone. I wouldn't just mm. to just a random person be like, you'd probably like Fly of the Navigator. It would be someone who already likes sci-fi, who already kind of understands the nostalgia for it, who understands, you know, what it was like in the 80s versus, you know, 90s versus 2000s for like how sci-fi movies have sort of evolved. I could see you enjoying it then. But otherwise, I don't know. I don't think I'd recommend it for other than that. I, I, I just don't see it being well-loved. I feel like recommending it to people who are like, late 30s early 40s who watched it when they were younger Mm -hmm. like cam is 52 and when this came out he was only 18 and he remembers it when i was like oh flight of navigator this week he's like cool i'll watch that i remember that that was a good movie and then we watch it and he's like yeah it's not that great (laughs) and so i wonder if because he was like 18 at the time like he's too old kind of a thing and so so i wonder if like the the, the sweet fantasy. spot <laughs> yeah it's kind of just a little younger than cam is but jm's age and old and jm is you know mid late 30s kind of a thing so i feel like that's kind of where we're going so um yeah. i agree well, okay so scale of one scale to ten, of one so, to ten what would you give this movie i mean i don't consider it a bad film because it isn't it's an uneven film 
that had a lot of potential and and it's mm. not it's like as i said Ooh, it's a new script had lots of potential and it's not like it the shots are really interesting like the the way that they've sort of done the special effects is very unique like as we said there's a lot of elements to this that are good so i can't say it's a bad film i would probably give it a six out of ten because okay. because right. the opening is so strong the ending is a great ending the middle is where it's wonky but effort was put into this and i could and it, and it is still loved by some people so yeah i don't consider it a bad film but i don't consider it a great film either. are you gonna ever watch this movie again uh probably not i might watch it with jm <laughs> If I was sitting out go. with her and she's like, I really want to watch Fight and Ever, like, sure, why not? It's probably more fun watching with you anyway. Um, but other than that, on my own, no, I don't think I'd be going back to it. Yeah. What yeah, about you? Fair. What about you? Yeah, uh, very similar. I feel like kind of everything that you were saying, I, w- I, would com- I would agree with. I like that you were like, it's an uneven film that had potential. I think that's a really great description of it. So I... I was going to say a five out of 10. I feel like mm. five, I, a little lower. I just, I don't know if the beginning is good enough to kind of sustain the middle of it. Totally. Um, yep. But the beginning was really good. It's I so do good, really, guys. It's like, like, I would have to say the beginning gets five and then the rest of the movie gets none. Like, <laughs> like it would, it, out of five out of 10, it's like the first five, the five comes from the first 30 or so minutes of the it's movie. It's earned points and then, because and then of how it. good the opening is. It really is a really, and I, and I, I think was, that's I where help. my disappointment was because it was yes. such a good opening that I was like, oh, this movie's great. Yeah. And then it I fell very totally far. I <laughs> totally agree. And I couldn't help feeling like, oh man, I wish this got remade. Like, I wish they did a remake of this movie and they did it better. Like, how many times do they do remakes of movies and they're always worse? Totally. And you're just like, don't touch it. It's too good. <laughs> Leave it alone. But they never remake a mediocre thing, obviously, because there's no following. But And so I understand it. But it's like, this has such good potential. If, if they just reworked the script, mm-hmm. I feel like they could actually still make this into a really good movie. I totally agree. I think the premise is so unique. I think this I think is the, the premise type is of so movie, interesting. This is the type of movie that, you know, when you hear of remakes, this is one that should get remade. It should yeah. because I totally the, agree. The, the premise is amazing. The execution isn't. That's why you want to remake it because now you can take this amazing yes. premise and you can make yes. it like you can go up. You can you can make it better yeah. than its original. There, there's only up. Yeah, here. it's not like it's at a high bar and you have to match it or get over that high bar. This is a oh, it had so much going for it and it didn't succeed. Let's try again and this time we're gonna succeed. Yeah. And this would be very cool, guys, if this was remade. Maybe oh. one day. Maybe can one day Disney will Disney will rework it. Oh, let's 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 pitch plant this. that seed. Yeah. Okay, yeah, great. We'll work this. on this script. Got it. Okay. <laughs> done that's our next thing well on that note i think that that's a great ending mm-hmm. uh in conclusion lisa and i both think the film is mediocre <laughs> totally yes it is uh but great beginning watch the if you only have 30 minutes to kill watch the beginning of the movie and you don't need we've told you how you it ends. to care we told exactly. you how it ends exactly <laughs> exactly lisa uh but if you're listening to this uh please rate and review us on apple podcasts or wherever you listen uh like and subscribe because it really helps other listeners like you find us uh this is real window we are on instagram and twitter at real window give us a follow thank you for listening i am pauline and i'm lisa and this has been real window rewatching random movies from our childhood we'll see you on friday mm-hmm.